I want to welcome you all to the inaugural episode, the very first episode of season two of the Task Talks podcast. With me, as always, we have a full crew today. I'm not going to introduce one of them because we have a new member, but I'm Chris Ponce, as always. Brooke Roberts, how you doing, man? I'm snazzy. Good. I worked, I worked like on that word. I worked on that word. Yeah, nobody can see it, but you look phenomenal today. Well, Let me tell you, you. it is great. Much. The grooming that I don't know why you're wearing so much flair. It gives off very my much dress, office I, space vibes, but it is I what it is. I put my dress pants on today. Love it. I love the, it. The kids would say your hair is on point. Absolutely. Speaking of that amazing voice, Kia Sala, how you doing, man? I'm great, Chris. How are you? Oh, I can't complain. Can't complain. How's everything going with you? It's good, man. Things are things are going well. Yeah. No, New like year. I said no, no complaints. Good, 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 good. Well, with sorrow and sadness we do have to say that megan medina will not be joining us this season but we do have somebody on here who not only wanted to do this but is an amazing person and you guys already met her before dr jen baker how you doing well hey i'm so excited to be here with y'all we're very excited to have you here so you guys all know about jen already she's been on our podcast before and she's an amazing individual a school psychologist a bcba and a director correct currently yeah, yeah. You guys don't know, but yeah. she's shaking her head. Yes, yes. Well, I do want to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, but we are some school psych stooges. We are funny guys, and we like to think very highly of ourselves. Why do you want to talk to us? Why do you want to be here with us? I just loved being a guest last season. And when you had propositioned about maybe, hey, have you ever thought about, you know, being on a show with us? I was so excited. Like, I thought that was just the a really good opportunity to get to spend more time with y'all outside of the board and super uh, official things yeah. uh, to joke around and, and riff with you guys. Well, we're super excited to have you on here. You do bring a breadth of knowledge and you bring a great personality and insight to a bunch of different things. And even though Megan will be missed immensely, I'm very happy to have you on board with us, Jen. So thank you. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. So we, this is going to be kind of a two-part type of thing. One, we want to introduce the season, kind of talk about what we're going to be doing this year. And also two, just kind of catch up with us, see what we've been up to since the end of last season. Um, so anything going on with you guys? Any new positions? Anything that's kind of going crazy in your guys' lives besides just a 21-22 school year, which has been you know, kind of a roller coaster ride in itself. I don't feel like everybody's back in person in schools now. Is that yeah. right? I mean, that, when we ended the, the podcast last season, we we're kind of up in the air on things, right? No, yeah. I guess that was, what was the last episode? Was it November? Yeah, it was like it October, was... November. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was still wishy washy in some places. It depends. But I think at this point, we're pretty much. Pretty much everyone is is back in person, you know, um, masks optional or not, like most of those have rolled off as requirements, it seems so. And we're figuring out what learning loss looks like. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Have you guys noticed just, are you guys starting to notice the impact of COVID and that year off and stuff like that? Because referrals are just rolling in now at this point where I'm at, you know, so I'm seeing behavior behavior stuff is crazy right now at least on my campuses so i'm doing a lot of behavior consults a lot of like going and talking to teachers you know trying to show them that three-year-olds do three-year-old things and maybe not all three-year-old referrals a good three-year-old referral so like things like that are you guys seeing that same type of stuff 
I mean, that's what I hear a word on the street when I talk to people, because obviously, you know, not, I'm not working in schools directly um, at this time. And so, but when I, you know, provide support and, we, and the calls and things that we get questions on and things that people are needing help with is a lot to do with behavior um, and the sheer volume of referrals and trying to figure out how to staff and address those needs. I think one thing we've kind of gotten figured out or gotten more comfortable with was if, as far as understanding was the new requirements this year for the new FBA and BIP requirements that went into effect in the law. People started to get a pretty good grasp on that. Um, not that it's, you know, it's a lot of extra work, but I think we're getting, I'm getting less questions about it. But so I think people have just like, they've figured out how to address it and come up with plans and they've, they've put those in place. So that's some progress. So I think has been seen, but still some, a lot of needs on just the volume of referrals, addressing staffing needs. Yeah. And then just behavioral challenges. And if I can ask you real quick, when you say staffing needs, like in your position, what does that mean? Uh, it means people trying to get help and under, first, you know, first off people looking for people. Like I get, I get calls all the time of people asking like, do you know anybody? Do you have anybody? Like, I think people are hoping I just have this like closet full of LSSPs. <laughs> Who's that I can next? Just go back to be like, let me just go fish one out for you real quick. <laughs> Send it your way. Uh, and that's just not, no, but I mean, people are just trying to figure out like, um, how can they meet things? One thing that's really come up more often is, is, is people are starting to ask a lot about more related licenses, um, like LPCs and, and social workers, because they're trying to look for ways like, okay, well, what are some of the other things that we can do and get taken care of? And what other mental health supports can we provide, uh, opening up the door to bringing in people like LPCs, like um, L LCSWs or RBTs and BCBAs and all the rest of the alphabet soup um, that does tangential work to what we do. Um, so it's great because they're trying to be, you know, flexible and trying to be, you know, meet the needs of students. And so it's great that they're trying to find these different ways that they can take things off of LSSP's plates and put them on other qualified professionals to do to kind of address some of the workload and caseload issues. So that's a, that's a good thing I've seen. I went to a job fair today. It was a teacher job fair. So it just had a bunch of districts who were, you know, trying to fill fill those positions. And I know this episode isn't really going to come out or isn't coming out until uh, later in the spring, maybe early summer. But Governor Abbott just uh, announced the te teacher, what is it, teacher workforce shortage task force, mm -hmm. space force or something. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and uh, got a bunch of pushback because there wasn't uh, weren't very many teachers on that task force. Uh, so then I guess ended up adding, you know, 24 teachers. Um, so I, I think I but I think that, like we all know, it, it's it's bigger than just a teacher um, issue. Um, and I think it's partly as a result of this great resignation that we've had across the country that so many people in so many fields are just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing in the towel, I'm going to do something else. And so it's not necessarily unique to us. Anyways, I was at this job fair today, I was talking with this with this district and their HR department about different options that they could pursue. And I was sharing with them about how in, you know, we, in, in our part of the state, we have a lot of diagnosticians. So we're diagnostician heavy, whereas, you know, in San Antonio and up and down your I-35 corridor, you've got, especially in San Antonio, uh, you know, there's very few diagnosticians and all of those uh, assessment and appraisal staff are, are LSSPs. And, and so I was explaining to them, look, you know, you've got the ability to try to, to try to recruit 
people into these LSSP positions, and then they can bill for Medicaid, can bill SARS, and your DIAGs can't do that. And and these school psychologists can do that for uh, so many different things um, that it really pays off in uh, using using those spots to to bring in LSSPs instead. Again, the the, the issue, like as Kia was tight was talking about, is you know the unicorns are <laughs> yeah. far uh, what is it far far and in between. Yeah. So I I when I have conversations far between. I yeah, that's um, I'm, <laughs> well, it's it's weird to me. So I am in the San Antonio area, so I have the majority of LSPs compared to the reverse side of it. So whenever I have conversations with people who are like, "Oh yeah, we have like two LSPs and forty-seven diags," I'm like, "We have two diags that have been in the district for thirty years, you know, and we have twenty-four LSPs in our district." I think the biggest surprise to me comes the fact that we're all in the same state, but it just shows how big and where most of us are centralized, right? The lack out in West where, you know, in Northern West where Brooke is, I mean, that's kind of where the issues lie. Do you see that as a huge hurdle for you? I mean, I know personally, I know Brooke that you drive a lot to go and meet the needs of a lot of kids, right? And I wouldn't say we're even meeting needs. We're conducting evaluations sure. and what happens with evaluations? They sit in a file. And so, and this is why it's so important to have these lower ratios. It's so important for us to be promoting the NAS practice model and not just the practice. Everybody thinks that the practice model is about a one to 500 ratio. It's more than that. It's, it's being able to say, we are doing preventative responses. We are involved in crisis situations. We are providing direct intervention services to kids. And we are consulting with teachers in not just academic areas and not just behavioral areas, but all of these different areas. Um, and so when we can move into that direction, those high stakes things like the assessments, they, I'm not saying that they're not as important, mm. but what we do in response to those, um, to the reports that we write and to this testing that we do is more important, yeah. in my opinion. Well, I agree. I had an intern, not my intern this year, but a, a year ago so, or a couple years ago, um, who ended up having to deal with a crisis situation on her campus, a student just having you know, a complete meltdown that she needed to be involved with and stuff like that. And I remember just having, you know, you know, deconstructing it afterwards and just having a conversation. She's like, I know, but I like, that took two and a half hours away from me. I wasn't to test. I was like, but you know, you have to already get out. She's already an intern, already in that mindset that she's wasted so much time. But I'm like, remember what you are. You are a psychologist. This is part of what you do. You know, you are meant, you are on this campus for this reason, right? You already have to get out of that. If this is one of your kids that's having a huge issue or something you can help with, you have to help. You have to step in. You have these skills. You're not there to test and read blueprint for the rest of your years, right? So, I mean, it's, I think it's, I agree with you, Brooke. I think to that point too, it's kind of a double-edged sword of what Brooke and all, what everyone's saying is that we want to be used for things other than just testing emotional behavioral needs. But when there's a shortage of, of LSSPs, it puts central office and administration in a difficult spot because we're the only people that can unfortunately do that piece. And to Kia's point, I mean, I work in a, a district also where we're problem solving to help with the shortages, you know, getting social workers to really help with that related service counseling, getting diagnosticians to help with the other assessment abilities, and even to the point where we're training special ed teachers to give uh, achievement assessment 
batteries to help support some of that assessment workload. So I think it puts LSSPs in a difficult predicament. <laughs> Their bosses are telling them that that's what this is the need that we have right now. And so even people that like counseling or doing those type of things are they're kind of pigeonholed because yeah. of that and because of a lack of staff. And, and I'll say, and to jump on Jen's point, we, our district does, has started meeting some of those needs. So we now on every campus have, I'm assuming they're social workers, but it's communities and schools. So they are there now on every single campus and they're helping out and they're doing those groups and kind of pulling those kids. So it's not saying that it's taking stuff off my plate, but at least we're now, we're now advancing a little bit, our team approach to helping our students just in general on the campus. And they're not there for spec, they're for everybody on campus, which has been immensely helpful, you know, to kind of help me with certain things in certain situations. So spin this the other way, you know, this isn't supposed to be a Debbie Downer podcast, yeah, right? Of course not. <laughs> so how do we, how do we spin that? How do we, how do we turn the, uh, turn the tone a little bit? One of the ways that I, th that I think we do that is we can see that there is an awareness now um, for the services that we provide. And we've lamented that for some time that we've had an awareness or a visibility issue. This is a great opportunity for us as individual school psychologists, as an association, as groups of school psychologists within districts to really promote the services that we provide, the training that we've received, and, and our level of qualification to provide so many things that are needed at this moment, you know, at such a time as this. Well, and I, I think you bring a good point up too, of that, like, that, that's a great position to be in too. If we can only provide this and don't you want me, what do I like to do? And so what we tell our staff too, is like, what do you like to do? Do you enjoy counseling? Okay. We're going to make that happen. Even though we have these other staff members that can provide that you enjoy that. That's why you come here. That's why you want to work for us. So we'll, we'll add that to your, if that's what you want to do, you know, social skills instruction, any of that type of stuff. So I think just teaching LSSPs too, to be self-advocates and say, this is what I like to do. This is what I want to do. And the district, you know, needs to, to help us with that. And you said you guys are doing that, Jen, in your district? Yeah. I mean, because again, with the shortage, you want to keep the staff that you do have and you want to make them feel valued and that their work is beneficial to them as well. So just saying, no, we're going to have you just test for emotional behavioral because we kind of fill these other pieces is not fair to that individual. So asking them what they enjoy, what they like, and making it happen. I know you don't have the data in front of you, and I don't expect it, but just out of curiosity, what are, what are most of your people saying that they enjoy doing? I think it's very varied. Um, I've, I've personally worked in a lot of areas in San Antonio, as well as Austin, kind of up and down that, that corridor. And it, it's so scattered. I mean, a lot of LSSPs do not enjoy counseling. I personally, I love it. I, I loved counseling. I love behavior. That's why I also went the BCBA route too. Mm -hmm. um, but some don't. Some, some yeah. just want to, you know, assess for LD or they really love dyslexia. So they want to go that route. Yeah, I think, I think it's just, it's all over the board. And I think it goes back to, you know, your training and your experience and your comfort and your interest as to what it's going to be. Cause you know, to Jen's point, I've worked with LSSPs um, who are, <clears throat> would, you know, do counseling and consultation is, is, you know, forever until the end of time. And I've worked with other LSSPs. Like I know LSSPs, like they've applied for DIAG jobs because they're like, yeah, I just want to do like the, that, that part. I want to do the SLD ID kinds of assessments. Like that's where I want to spend my time and energy. It gets hard because it's hard to have, you know, a place where you can do the full practice model. You can engage in all 10 domains and it's hard not to let some of your skills get rusty. You know, we only have 
so many hours in the day. And so, you know, when we do our, our jobs and we're meeting our professional development requirements, like, are you going to do professional development for the things you are doing or like things that you maybe will have to do somewhere down the line? And so your skills can get kind of rusty on different areas if that's not what you're doing regularly. And so, but it just depends. I, I, I would say like what Jen said, I talk with people and their roles look very different <laughs> depending upon yeah. you know where they are and that's and part of that's based on what they're interested in like if you hear about a district that uses their lssps to do one kind of work and that's what you want to do like you're more likely to want to go there and if you hear it's like oh well we have this model this is how we use our staff and they're like i don't want to go there because that's not what i'm interested in doing it's a it's a matching piece as well i think that's huge too with interviewing people at the beginning of a job like what do you like to do what do you you know, find us fun. I mean, I have some people that want to supervise interns, want to grow practicum students. That's fantastic. We need that in the field, not only in the field, but also in our jobs, like in the district. It's advantageous for us to have a trainer that can grow those people so they can become our workforce. So yeah, I mean, everyone's very different in what they like. I'll say uh, something Kia said in the last season has always stood with me as a trainer and supervisor now where we're not training good LSSPs for our district. We're training good LSSPs. I don't remember if that exactly that was your word in Kia, but I've totally thought about that all year with my current intern. So to be fair, I said that, but I was actually quoting uh, Charles Barrett from a session of his that I attended at NASP. So I don't want to, <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to try and claim that I'm that clever. Um, I heard Charles say it and I just repeat it. So. Yeah, well, it's phenomenal. Whoever said it, so it's it says the quote, then Kia, then Charles Barrett, right? We'll do the old Michael Scott thing, but but basically, you know, I'll, I'll say this much: a great thing that's coming out this year is my intern has had an extensive amount of experience just based on our year in general because it's been a bit of a crazy year. So, if anybody's looking for somebody phenomenal, and if we don't pick her up, she is great. Just let me know. <laughs> That was a great tangent. We talked for a nauseum about what we're doing, and I'm so glad everybody's up to date on that stuff. But let's also talk about what we have upcoming this season. We have some phenomenal guests that we have coming down our pike. Um, we have, you know, Dr. Rachel Team who's going to come on and talk about crisis with us. We have a new type of series this year, which I'm calling the Mental Health Couples where we're bringing couples on that happen to also both be in the field of mental health. So Dr. Julia Strait and Dr. Gil Strait, Dr. The McCleary's, um, you know, so they're coming on too. They're going to do some great stuff. Are you guys excited for them? You guys got any hopes and wishes through the season? What's up? As long as we don't like inadvertently like unraveling relationships, like it, I'll, <laughs> I'll be fine. So you know, like, they grow stronger from the experience, not, not grow apart. I hope so. I hope it doesn't turn into couples counseling for anybody that's on board, but you know, we'll just kind of take it as we do. We but can, we will just tell them that's outside the scope of our practice and we need to redirect. Yeah. <laughs> and the, those two couples, they're also really good parents. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, just being able to share some of the, the interesting things that they're doing with their own kids, um, I think will be of interest for some of our listeners. Absolutely. And there are people that have been in this field for a long time. They've all got different types of professions, whether it's practitioner or academic based, and they're all experts in whatever they kind of talk about. Another big thing that we're going to be doing a lot of firsts this year, right? So we have our first principal that's coming on, Martin Silverman. We have our first international guest. We're going to have a principal coming over from the UK. Well, he's not coming over. He's coming over virtually. So we're going to be having a lot of different perspectives. We're making our um, 
our guest pool a little bit more uh, diverse. Kind of sound like a success pool, but I didn't mean guest pool. Uh, but it, it is going to be incredibly diverse this year because we're going to try to look at all the different areas. We're going to have Diag on, right, Jen? We're going to have an awesome diagnostician on. Oh, yeah. Dr. Cherry Lee, she's so fantastic. She actually used to work for TEA. So yeah, we're going to have some pretty cool things. Do you guys, so what are you guys kind of hopes for this season besides obviously growing our audience and just bringing more exposure to our world? I want to, I want to get better at telling jokes. Brooke, you're great at telling jokes. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that might be like a season seven goal. <laughs> we're going to have to work on that one. No, I just want to have fun. I just want to create a place where, you know, so we get so many stories from, uh, some of our listeners, you know, who's like, oh, I can't believe the podcast popped up. It's Wednesday morning. And that's what they listen on their on their way to work or their their commute home. And, um, and I don't know, it just feels good to know that that there's this family in this little community that we gather together on Wednesday mornings. I will say I am pretty interested in these like tangential professional people episodes that we're doing. Because, you know, we, we had a very school psych focus last season, um, talking, you know, interviewing people on the board and, and practitioners and legends in our field. And so I think it will be really good to hear from people who work with LSSPs, but who are not mm-hmm. LSSPs to get an a per- idea and an understanding about how they have seen our role and how they've worked with individuals in our in our position and, and what that means to them and, and just building that. I think one of the things that we really struggle with is having some some understanding and some empathy for related, these tangential professionals, whether it's, you know, SLPs or DIAGs or related service evaluators and service providers like OTs and PTs or administrators um, or whoever, like, you know, it's because I think one of the things is we struggle with sometimes is we feel misunderstood in our role in working in schools because we don't by and large have a teacher background and we we come with a you know a different skill set and people don't understand that and i think that defensiveness that we can sometimes have in that makes it harder for us to then also empathize with the struggles of others because you know like slps have the same kind of problem they also weren't teachers um and they come into the universe in that ot's and pt's usually aren't and they have that same kind of experience diagnosticians have, you know, the, this, this challenge with the understanding of the testing that they have to do with people. Administrators have massive pressures that they are dealing with in their roles and trying to manage everything and, and, and keep, keep the, the school afloat. And so I think, you know, sometimes it's just hard because our, our work is hard um, and our work is, our work is hard because of the challenge and misunderstanding we have on top of it. And I just want to make sure that we're all still working together we're collaborating we're trying to row in the same direction with all these different groups and so i think i'm excited that we'll have the chance to really explore that this season yeah i think along those same lines speaking to some of our guests from last season some of the most common it wasn't a complaint just conversation that we had was you know i was on the i was on the podcast for a certain subject but i wanted to talk about so much more right and us having such a narrow scope for some of those episodes kind of maybe hindered some conversation so that's another thing is instead of necessarily we will do subjects this year and we'll talk about very specific things but on the flip side some of our guests want to talk about a bunch of other stuff too you know so just guiding just having the conversation be fluid and flow naturally 
I think it'll be nice and conducive and like Brooke said, very positive, right? And that's another thing. We want to bring positivity to the world. There's a lot of dourness in education and, you know, we want to be the shining light, at least on your Wednesday mornings. Correct, Brooke? Yeah, it's, uh, Brooke was nodding on. there for everyone who couldn't nodding. see it. It's, yeah. it's great radio, Brooke. We're going to have a radio. soundboard this year to uh, to put in little sound bites and bits and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brooke, I didn't mean to cut you off. Were you about to say something? Yeah, I was just had a question for us because, um, like, do you have do you have uh, avatars for each of us in your phone under under our contacts? No, I do no. not. So for me, it is a J, a B, and a K. And mm. I would, usually, when I put people on my contact list, with the exception of like my wife, they stay the same from the original time I put them in my contact list. So it still says for Jen pre-Dr. Jen Baker, because when I met her, she wasn't doctor yet. For Brooke, it still says Brooke Tasp in question mark, because I had two Brooks on my phone, so I didn't know which one it was. Oh, but then I figured yeah. it out from texting. And for Kia, it just says Kia Sala dash Tasp. So I have, it's the exact yeah. same, even though at this point we are now friends and we're, you know, compatriots and things like that. That's just how it is. So, so real talk, uh, my wife, after we got married, changed her name in my phone to wife with like multiple exclamation points. Yeah. And I have not changed it back. It's just, it's still <laughs> in my phone. It's It's been almost a decade now and I haven't gotten around thing. changing it. Yeah. yeah. Which is, which is also challenging though, because like then when I'm trying to use like the Google like voice stuff. Call wife. Like, call, my, <laughs> call wife. It's like, who is your wife? And I'm like, wife is my wife. Like it's, it's, it, it doesn't, it's like does not compute. Uh, so uh, but yeah, if you had I, an iPhone, that wouldn't be a problem. Nah. Well, Brooke, I'm not going to the dark side Android. there. I am so, it's not Ooh, Jen, happen. are you are you an iPhone or are you an Androider? iPhone. All right. Sheep. Still out, still outnumbered. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. iPhone with wait. no avatars either. <laughs> but, see, oh. but see, Android people are loyal, I feel like, like to a point almost. Well, let's go ahead and finish up this episode. I want to thank everybody for listening. We have a lot of awesome content coming this year on the season two of Task Talks. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at TXASP. If you have any type of questions or comments or critiques, send them to uh, task, or the podcast at TXASP.org. And until next time, make good choices. This is the point where Kia marks uh, what time um, <laughs> that needs to be edited out. Because <laughs> I don't know what I was about to say. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Well, it, well, it would be if I had remembered to start. I'm still out of practice. I didn't start a timer. So I have I no idea what. Okay. You got one? Okay. Yeah, I got it. So right. I will cut out Good Brooke day. and then Kia and then myself out of this section. And then All right. you know when to do that stuff. <laughs> Never happened. <laughs>